What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition. Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. And a big thanks to all the subscribers who check us out every single week. Always love hearing from you all at the various places you can leave your comments and everything. Uh, of course, that could be uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. As well as Spotify. You can also say hi over at YouTube. we got the series over there. Podchaser, Stitcher, any of those. Anywhere you get your, uh, your, your podcast from. Of course, if you're not a subscriber, I hope you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now to keep up with all of the interviews. We have new episodes uh, three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's seriously a great way to keep up with everything that's going on in music, all of your favorite artists. Hit that button right now before we get started. 
I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I'm going to be talking with the band Circa Waves. In fact, lead band Kieran is on the phone to talk about the band's new record, Sad Happy. Now, this comes just a year after their previous record, What's It Like Over There? And we're going to talk about how they ended up in the position to record an album so quickly and what that meant for both the uh, the lyrics and the music. Kieran says while there's more electronic drum in this record, he finds that he's being pushed even more in an art direction, maybe an art rock direction, than what you would typically think of a sound like that. Uh, in the big pop. Not that it's not a catchy record. It's a seriously catchy record. And that's not an easy trick to pull off. Now, that uh, title in itself, Sad Happy, of course, a contradictory statement, uh, ties to many other contradictory things in life, uh, where they're from in Liverpool, and more generally, just how people are feeling these days, uh, what a day-to-day life can mean. That's going to allow us to talk about things like class divide, UK politics, Circle Waves uh, favors the Labour Party, and uh, Jeremy Corbyn, of course, and how that translates to uh, US politics over here. I ask, and he confirms that, yeah, if he was an American, uh, that would probably mean he was voting for Bernie this time around. This record also finds Kieran in his 30s now, and maybe that age is not just a number, because it does allow for more introspective moments. Last year, he became a parent, so of course I want to ask if that's had any effects on his songwriting, or just the way he approaches his career. And finally, we're also going to get into uh, Circuit Fest. This is a festival that uh, the band puts on in their home city of Liverpool as sort of a tribute to Liverpool music. A city with a humongous history. Of course, you mentioned the Beatles, Echo and the Bunnymen, the Laws, the Zootons, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, the Teardrop Explodes, a Flock of Seagulls, the Lightning Seeds, the Wombats, and on and on and on. So Kieran and the band have started a festival to kind of further those celebrations, but also to shed lights on the issue that the country's having with small music venues closing in favor of putting up condos instead. It's a very important mission that you've definitely got to hear about. So let's jump into it, talking about this record called Sad Happy. It's Kyle Meredith with Circa Waves. Hello, Kyle. Sad Happy is the new record, and uh, and I guess we start a little bit by, by talking about how close this comes from the last record, too, because it's been less than a year since you all released uh, What's It Like Over There, and you have records that close together. I don't know. It, it would seem to me a lot of times that a band would still be in the same mindset, some maybe the same soundscapes, but that's not the case right here, right? Yeah, well, I can't, to be honest, I kind of write. I write so often and so much that to do an album this close to the other one doesn't actually feel that crazy. And I, I mean, throughout the whole sort of history of Circles, I've always written quite, you know, songs that are different to the previous records. So this is kind of a refinement of all of the records in a way. But yeah, it has come quickly, but to me, it kind of, I, as I said, I write so much that it... it all the songs were already there, if you know what I mean. I mean, the idea of, of two albums a year, that's how rock and roll got started, too. It shouldn't be that big of a surprise. It just feels like maybe, you know, in, in moments like this, we're, we're kind of coming back around to that, which I'm envious of those days of the 60s and early 70s when bands would do that. Yeah, I think I think like Elton John did like four albums in one year once or something. Right. I mean, it's obviously there's a lot more touring that happens now, so there's... We had to do a lot of the records. So if we do a festival and then we run down to London, record bass, go back up to a festival, go back down to London, record vocals. So it was very sort of all over the place, but we just wanted to get it done and sort of out into the world. For someone who is constantly writing and everything, this might not apply to you, but it would feel to me that when at least the recording comes this close together, that it might force creativity that you wouldn't have to put on yourself beforehand uh, in both your music and lyrics? Like, well, now we're going to the studio. I've got to come up with something. Is that ever the case? 
Um, well, not really. I mean, I do all the record, like I do all the demoing at home and stuff. I, I had sort of four, like about forty songs finished. So, you know, we don't book the studio until everything's already thought out and kind of. The reason why we got to do it so quickly is because all the songs are demoed to within an inch of the life. We sort of we know exactly what it's going to sound like before we even go in the studio. Because to be honest, as a band like ourselves, we can't afford to go in the studio for months and just mess around and see what happens. It's like, it's do it and get it done. And then, you know, spend as little money as possible so we can save all that and spend loads of money into playing live and having a great light show and all that kind of stuff. Do you find that um, that you can hear then the differences between this record and, and the previous one? Yeah, totally. I mean, this was, I think, a lot more, this feels a lot more cohesive and kind of more realised to me. It's I definitely wanted to, on this record, figure out what Circleways kind of was or is. I mean, it's our fourth record, so you'd hope that I would have had some inkling by now. <laughs> but I, th- I think, like, you know, uh, we, we sort of, the way Circleways started was just on Radio 1 straight away and we were off and we had a rec- major record deal mm-hmm. out on tour. You know, we ne- we weren't a band. We weren't together before we got signed. So we, it's almost like this fourth record is our first record. Do you know what I mean? That's a it, really interesting thing to say. I don't know if there's an easy answer to this then, but you know, figuring out what Circle Waves is. So, so what is that answer? What 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 is it to you in in whatever way you can say that? I think ultimately it's like escapism because you know we're from like a northern town in England where it's very rainy and kind of. It's a tough, Liverpool is a tough working class town and Circleways is a very summery and kind of uh, uplifting, sad euphoria a lot of the time. So I guess I've always wanted to make music that gives people that moment of happiness or escapism from the drudgery of their sort of lives. And maybe that's kind of what this album is, is the, it's the, the epitome of everything that I've been working towards and that it is that sense of pulling people out of the hole and making them feel good just for that sort of 40 minutes of the record well that's found there in the contradictions even of, of the title with with sad happy and as you're talking about you know liverpool and this and the sound of this band i i feel like that that title can be applied in so many different ways but especially in what you're saying there it feels like you know part of that is is the pendulum i mean the pendulum of life feels really extreme these days on top of it how much of that theme went into what you were writing about I I honestly think the whole the whole record is like enveloped in in that sort of duality of sadness and happiness and I, I mean like being on tour for example is the is the most extreme sort of pendulum of emotions it's it is that high that you know the dopamine levels that go up when you play in front of five thousand people and then an hour later you're on the tour bus and you need to go to bed because you're up early in the morning to do interviews and read and you're like it's that thing of how do you combat that massive drastic shift in your body and it, it's it's quite a, it's quite an odd thing and for any human to go through that i think is why you know a lot of bands struggle a lot of artists probably drink more than they should just to try and sort of help them deal with that those huge swinging emotions yeah i mean the dopamines that you get when you're on stage with all of that yelling at you for that to only be you know 2 hours of your day and the rest of it is a lot of time spent in silent waiting in in one way or the other i mean that's you're right that's it's it's nuts yeah. it's very strange yeah it's it's not something that gets talked about i mean a lot 
a lot of the time you, you kind of feel this guilt when you're like maybe a musician that you're doing the greatest job in the world and it's all you ever wanted to do and it's your dream come true and there's so many thousands of people who would want to be doing what you're doing so there's a tendency to never really talk about how difficult it can be mentally and I mean you only have to look at the amount of musicians and artists who kill themselves to know that it is obviously a difficult kind of world to be in and I, 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 I don't want to shy away from talking about that anymore really i think it's important for musicians to be able to be free to say like it is fucking difficult on the road and i'm sure it's not as hard as you know people who work you know really tough jobs but it's still mentally quite uh, debilitating at times i mean uh, there's so many records that are coming out where it seems like the artists are writing about anxiety uh mental health like these are the things that are bubbling up it's one one of those things when we look back at this era i think that's going to be one of the things we see in music yeah it's in music and it's everywhere i suppose isn't it i mean as people are struggling with social media the birth of social media and, and how that that constant um someone poking at you saying that your life's not as good as this other person's life that is is kind of what every young kid is going through now and that must be over time. We we still don't know over time what that's going to do to people. You know, when when this generation are all 40, 50 years old, are they all going to be sort of these broken people? Because for the whole lives, they've been shown people who have got more than them uh, on a daily, minute by minute basis. So it's a strange. It's a very strange time for people's mental emotion. And and that's the really interesting about this record too, because you know you, you're hitting on personal moments, but those big things come out. I mean, even Class Divide, I think, is one of the things on here. You, you know, with a song like "Move to San Francisco," I, I've heard you talk about that with the homeless population out there and the and the rich side of things. Do you find writing limit uh, lyrics similar when you're talking about stuff like that versus you know I, I miss the people I love you know or, or or a general love song? I mean, do you find those that type of writing similar? or Is it really different? I, I think it's I think it's harder to find lyrics for. <clears throat> like maybe subjects like that where when you're talking about San Francisco and, and maybe like the, just the idea of the grass is always greener because um, it's a slightly more complex issue than just like, I love you or, you know, I miss you. So I, it, it definitely takes a little bit longer, I would say. But if it's coming from like a place of real emotion, then it, a lot of the songs kind of write themselves. You know, when you hit on that, I'd also bring this up too because, you know, obviously you're in the U.K., uh, you all have done your elections recently. Um, I think you're a fan of the Labour Party, as I read. And I don't know how much I, I, you follow what's going on over here, but I feel like if I had to look at it, that's the equivalent of maybe being, would you be a Bernie supporter over here? <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the uh, on the spot with a question like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain we would. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the candidates necessarily, but... Uh, I'm almost certain that Bernie would be, he's kind of the American Jeremy Corbyn, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And he seems to have ideals that ring true to the kind of, you know, look after each other for the many, not the few, that kind of thing, which I I think a lot of young people feel that way. And, um, you know, the, the world shouldn't be putting up more borders and the world shouldn't be, you know, splitting the classes more and more. And as far as I can tell, Bernie Sanders stands for, for that kind of stuff, so that's that's good. I mean, I used the word earlier with pendulum, and, and I and I hope that's what this is. We are at the extreme side, you know, finally of of one position where it's going to swing just as far the other way to you know. I mean, at some point, it has to be looked at like this is like the craziest moment, right? This is the this is the darkest timeline in, in these kind of things. <laughs> 
I think it is, yeah. I mean, the the person that we've got in power now, Boris Johnson, is, is as far as I can tell, like an absolute idiot. And he's kind of racist and he's kind of just an unbelievable person, really. You can't quite believe the things he says. And then in America, you, you've got the exact same thing. You, you read the things that Trump says and, you, it's quite, you know, there's disbelief. I mean... The, the, only, the only negative is that there seems to be more and more people who support these far-right kind of people, you know, and there's a lot of anger and, and people get, you know, newspapers talk about immigration, how terrible it is, and it's just not, a lot of it's just not true at all, and people get fed lies constantly, and I think a lot of it is lies in the hands of the media, and that needs to be dealt with alongside all of this, because they're the ones who are feeding people, you know, false information, really. Our, our countries uh, have always been linked arm in arm throughout history, and and uh, it it sucks that this is another one of those moments where it's almost like a mirror image of what's going on. It's like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's weird. Uh, I'll bring it back a little bit to the record, though, too, because you know, talking about being an introspective album, you've talked, you've mentioned in, in many other interviews that you know, being in your thirties has led to a point of that. You're also a, a parent now. You're a dad. I feel like therein brings a whole new weight. To needing to make a band work as as a as a career as a job, how mm-hmm. much of that does weigh on you at this point? Like now, it does 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 the career become very different because you have family? Um, I, well, I, it it does in in some ways, and it does. I mean, I obviously everything I do now kind of feels like it's for my son in that sense that I, I want to support him, and I need to you know. I need to earn money so I can buy food so he can live. And that, you know, in that very basic sort of um, protection sort of instinct, that is that is on my mind. But ultimately, I actually want to make music that is more artistic and more honest than ever. Like the aiming for more commerciality to try and make more money to pay for whatever his university is actually the last thing on my mind. I think I kind of want to make music now that he can look back at and be like really proud of. And I can sort of say, like, I give this, I give everything with this band and I, I wrote music that I can look back on and be really genuinely proud of and my family can be proud of. And if that keeps us being successful or we release an album on it and it doesn't do well because, uh, you know, because of whatever reason, but if I put everything into it and I put my genuine soul and put my sort of heart on the line, then that's all I can really do. And and I can look back and be proud of it, and no matter what it does, you know. That's the type of things I want to hear artists say more more often, right there, because it does feel <laughs> like the uh, does feel like, especially uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of um, this is a blanket statement. That's an unfair statement. I'm, I'm there, there's a lot of bands right now, especially in the rock or or indie rock and sometimes indie pop world, where that does not seem to be the case anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult. I think I, I definitely hear like a lot of new American bands who you can tell are catering to radio and stuff. But I, I just think it's a really difficult time to make a living and to be able to keep making music and not have to get like a real job. <laughs> so I, I also think there is a balance between like something that sounds like commercially pop or big, but then also has like a genuine sort of heart to it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that because a lot of our songs are very like big kind of shiny pop moments. But I think I hope that there is like a lyrical honesty and like a dissonance to the core progressions and everything. And I hope people can see that it's not, it's not just like uh, these aren't throwaway songs. These, uh, I hope they're like, you know, wholehearted, good commercial pop in a, in a way that's 
like Prince was or like Bowie was, you know. No, they're smart. They're uh, they're interesting. They have layers. I mean, uh, I don't know if I properly com- uh, complimented you on you, but but this is everything I love thank out of you. a rock <laughs> record right now. You know. Oh, great! Well, thank you. And, and I'll hit on the, a little bit with, with the sound too. You know, I jumped around it earlier, but uh, I think you said you know one of the things you were looking to get into more is kind of the more electronic drums within the record, and and that's doesn't sound like that's to replace the the live drummer or or, or anything, but that. I mean, does that speak to just general evolution and curiosity, or was there a reason to kind of push in that direction? Um, I, I just love production on pop music. You know, I've, I've listened to like a lot of like Drake and The Weeknd, and and um, it, like the snare drums they use and the kick drums they use, I find just like the clarity and the power that they have is is very enticing. And when you combine that with real drum sounds. Like it like moved to San Francisco, for example, is like we recorded those drums in like a big drum room and we got a nice really sound, but then we used these huge sort of eighties almost like queen esque sort of samples to give it this sound that feels quite unusual and quite unique and I, I love that I, I think like mixing mixing real drums with with sort of um electronic drums is it's just a way to make like modern guitar music something a little bit more exciting really. You uh, you mentioned the weekend there. Did you happen to catch him on Saturday Night Live? Have you seen that performance yet? I've not I've not seen it now. What he's doing right now, like I I I, I share your uh, appreciation. I've loved the weekend, you know, for the past few records. But there's something about this one I am in love with. The tracks that he has released and the performance is, oh, it's great. I've not I've not um, delved too much into the new stuff, but I, I look forward to it. Now that you've said that, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, that's worth it. I'll wrap up here. Circa Fest, that's something you've got coming up, right? Yes. Yeah, that's in um, yeah, a month or so. So so what's the uh, the concept here, um, if you don't mind? It looks like, I mean, this is kind of a, a celebration of everything Liverpool music? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I, I, when I first, we first thought of it, it was kind of just going to be a festival that we made, and then I started booking bands for it, and they just were all Liverpool bands. And I was like, well, let's just keep it, you know, 100% Liverpool. And it kind of be with the mantra that it's like, it's Liverpool bands, but it's for everyone to come and see. And it, I, I just want to kind of show off what we've got, if you know what I mean, in like a, a very lovely, big event. And use also some of the small venues in Liverpool as a sort of way of, you know, shining a light on you know, grassroots venues, which I, I guess it's the same in America, but without these small venues, there'd be no big bands. Like, we need the structure of these places to to sort of uh, develop talent. And uh, unfortunately, in places in the UK, you know, they, they shut down these small venues all the time just to make room for more luxury flats or whatever. So we, uh, we really, we're trying to support smaller venues so that, uh, you know, more people go and see gigs there and hopefully bring some money into it to keep it kind of going and keep it alive. I, I've been hearing a lot about that. I think there are some great crusaders uh, that, that are that are helping with that, um, that you're talking about with the small venues over there. But, you know, you would think, I would think anyway, I mean, the tradition of Liverpool music is so rich and huge that, I mean, the whole place should be, you know, looked at as a, as a monument all the time. I don't know why you'd ever want to shut down the places that build up these bands that you've done through the years, uh, decades. I, I know you would think so, wouldn't you? But unfortunately, the men with the, the money and the men who run places don't always see the, the wood for the trees, as it were. It's, you know, if they can make a few million quickly, that seems like it's worthwhile. But if you destroy the culture of a city then no one's going to fucking be there to move into those flats. So it's kind of, 
it seems so counterintuitive to everyone who sees it, but the, you know the people who run the councils uh, are a bit demented. It would seem. Prophets never had a uh, a good relationship with foresight, uh, I suppose. No. <laughs> no, that's a very good phrase. I like that. <laughs> well, man, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I can't thank you enough for the call. And again, this uh, this record with Sad Happy has been such a joy to listen to. It's so cool to kind of see you. you all progress and, and how it's coming along. So uh, congratulations on this one, man. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I'm really glad you like it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I hope to see you guys out on the road at some point. Uh, but either way, uh, take care out there. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you soon. All right. See you. Bye. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. My thanks to Kieran. The new Circa Waves record is called Sad Happy. Definitely check it out. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Hopefully, if you're not already a subscriber and you dug what you heard, that you'll hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with uh, all the stuff that we got going on. Again, new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Keep up with everything that's going on in music, your favorite bands, what they're up to, artists that you're not familiar with. Just hit that subscribe button. Again, you can do that wherever you get your podcasts from, including Spotify and YouTube iTunes, Apple Podcasts, NPR.org, Stitcher, Podchaser. Just search Kyle Meredith with. And after that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spans, and even bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can find me on just about any social media platform as well, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm sorry, have you been waiting on this line? Yeah, sorry, no, my manager didn't tell me that I was supposed to call anything. <laughs> I, was just, I was just waiting for a call. And then she was like, oh, no, you're supposed to call this number. So I was like, oh, shit. Um, so apo- apologies for waiting. No, no, it's okay. I had some light jazz to keep me some company. And- nice. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not, no other reasons at all. None at all. Whatever. So every-, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.